Well, just a little bit about myself, just really quick. If you don't know me, um, I'm usually the bald guy in the back, helping out with video and sound stuff. Um, but also, I am a youth uh, leader here, and then also a student uh, part-time at Frontier School of the Bible. And we've got some of my fellow classmates that kind of wonder who I am. Um, the other day, we were in a class, and they all kind of looked at me funny and... and uh, they called me that I'm the special student because I get special treatment. And uh, <clears throat> I don't want them to feel bad, but uh, teachers sometimes work with me in my, my commute. My mom says I'm special. <laughs> I'm excited to be here, a little bit nervous, but um, excited. I heard from Pastor Dan yesterday. He sent me an email, and it sounded like things were going really well there. Um, he had a opportunity with some uh, radio stuff that was going on, and we were trying to get some sermons that he could download uh, to possibly play on a, a radio station there. So I have no idea if that worked out or not, um, but it sounded like there was just more and more opportunity even as the days were winding down. Um, so just uh, continue to pray for him and his travels on his way home and and also his reacclimation, uh, the time change. And all of that as well. Well, I was asked to share this morning, and um, it's pretty excited because I don't get to do it a lot, but um, it's a great opportunity. And one of the hard things is what uh, are we going to speak on? Um, and so Pastor Dan didn't give me any particular passage that he wanted. He said, just whatever the Lord lays on your heart, go ahead and do. And so sometimes that's hard for me uh, to nail down exactly um, what I want to share, but I was given good um, advice one time and just uh, to share what God is teaching. And so today we're going to be going to Second Peter uh, chapter 1 and just looking kind of at this passage as far as the Christian walk and, and our identity in Christ. Um, our, the title that I chose is Fully Equipped, and as far as the title, it kind of goes along the lines of a car. Car commercials, they're usually advertising them as fully loaded, fully equipped. Um, they have everything when they're fully equipped. They lack nothing. And uh, cars today are getting more and more amazing and incredible with what they contain in them. Um, now they have, you know, Wi-Fi hotspots. I don't know if that's a great idea or dangerous, surfing the Internet while you're driving down the road, but I guess it's convenient. Um, but they lack nothing. They have everything. And that's a lot of what this passage is talking about, is that we in Christ lack nothing. We have everything. And we're going we're gonna to talk about that here this morning as well. So the first kind of main point or, or line that we have there is that Peter is calling these believers that he's writing to uh, to remember what they are. And I know that this is written to uh, a group of people but I think there's great application for us today, being that we are in the body of Christ um, in faith. Um, but before we completely dive into that, if you turn to the last part of the chapter, chapter 1, verses 20 and 21, Peter says, But know this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one, one's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. 
Um, I just love passages like this that kind of go out of their way to just show that this is the illuminated, authoritative Word of God. That it's not some men getting together and saying, hey, I got a great idea for a new book. Let's make it happen. But to say, this is God's Word. That the Holy Spirit moved these men to, to write what God wanted us to have. And then to go forward and, and to see that, to have this Word, um, and to know that we can trust it that we can apply it, that we can read it, and that we can grow through it is such an awesome thing. And so hopefully, as we read through this passage today, we won't be looking at this as just a suggestion or a good idea, but to know that this is God's Word, that this is from Him. And hopefully that, um, you know, if it convicts or or prompts us to change or or calls us to action, that we'd be willing to do it as well. Uh, Would you guys pray with me before we get in? further. Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you for the snow, the moisture that you've provided for us. God, I pray that you would um, just use this morning for your glory. Lord, that as we open up your word, as we read it, as we study it, Lord, that you would just penetrate to our hearts. Lord, as we look at some just uh, Christian practice, Lord, that we'd be willing to do the hard work, that we'd put in the effort, that we would take the time and make decisions that um, really would have huge impact in our walk with you. And Lord, that we wouldn't do it alone, that we would do it dependent on your Holy Spirit. Lord, that we would draw from the strength that you have given us. And Lord, that we would be... Uh, walking in truth. Lord, that no matter what the world wants to throw our way, that we would know we are in the right because of your word. Because of the value of it. Thank you for this time. Uh, just the opportunity to share. Amen. Okay, so Second Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. We're just going to start here. Um, Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, Peter starts out, and I think this is a great passage, because he starts out by saying that even though I'm an apostle, my faith isn't any better. Um, I have no you know, greater spiritual stature, so to speak, um, than you do. I'm no better than you. We have the same saving faith. And, uh, you know, that's how it is, is that we are all part of the body of Christ through faith. And it's not dependent on you and I, but it's what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. And that he died on the cross for our sin. And uh, we can be confident in that. It's not like my class where I get special treatment. uh, Because I don't really know why. But, um, you know, he's saying that we're all in this together. And uh, his testimony is that he has seen Christ, and so he shares it all the more. He goes on in verse 2, he says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and and of Jesus our Lord, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness, through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. 
For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises, in order that by them you might become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Hopefully I can follow the PowerPoint as well as we go here. The first here is that you are saved by grace through faith, and we talked a little bit about that. Uh, But what an awesome thing to know is that we are saved by the grace of God. And that we've been given everything even though we didn't really deserve it. And it's all by faith. It's not dependent on us. It's not dependent on what we do or what we try to accomplish. But it's all dependent on the work of Christ at the cross. Number, or the second one there is that you can experience the grace and the peace of God. We don't always experience that because we struggle with sin. I wish that I could stand before you today and say that I'm always experiencing the peace of God, but in reality that would not be true because I have sin in my life at times and I'm not experiencing the peace of God. I'm not living and experiencing the grace of God. And uh, it's so much better to be in the peace of God than to fulfill the desires and the lust lust of my flesh. Um, You've probably all been there. You've probably all experienced that, that peace. But to know what is right and to do it um, is just such an awesome thing. Uh, The third one there is you have everything you need for life and godliness. And kind of the next one goes with it. You lack nothing in Christ. Um, Thinking about a car that is fully loaded or fully equipped, um, you lack absolutely nothing. The moment that you place your faith in Christ, you've been given everything. And God's going to continue to do a good work in you. And he's going to develop you and grow you. And even through your, your shortcomings and your maybe your, your lacking, um, God is there and he's going to fill you. And he's going to give you strength. And uh, it's just a matter of going to him for that. A lot of times people, I'll be in somebody's car, or maybe it's even with like a computer program. Maybe you've experienced this before. Um, somebody will show you something. And you're like, wow, I never knew it even had that. Um, It's such a cool thing to discover and experience those new things that maybe we're just waiting. And who knows, maybe it's for the right time or something like that. But uh, you lack absolutely nothing. And this passage is going to talk about how we can experience those things that maybe we're not experiencing um, because maybe we're getting held back uh, by the lust of the flesh or, or things that we have a hard time letting go of. And lastly, uh, you get to experience the power and victory over sin and death. And I think that this passage just, and, and we'll see this at the very end, but it's continually reminding us of the salvation that we have in Christ. Is that we need to walk in the remembrance and the knowledge of that truth every day. We can't just remember it one day and then forget it for a while and be like, oh yeah, it's so awesome that I'm saved. But to live in the knowledge and the truth of that because it, it's it's a part of living uh, with Christ. You have, or you get to experience the power and the victory over sin and death. Um, your outcome is no longer separation from God. You have a new hope. You have a, a new outcome and that's life with Christ. Uh, before we get into the qualities worth cultivating part, we're just going to talk about faith a little bit. 
And uh, in verse 5 it says, Now for this very reason also, applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge. So, uh, kind of with this, what we're going to be adding to is that faith in Christ is our foundation. And so I thought what a good illustration might be for this, we, we probably wouldn't have been able to pull it off, but if we got our youth students to come up here and everybody have a big cor- cardboard sign with one of these different, um, you know, goodness or, or knowledge or self-control or, or perseverance, and we built on them a, a pyramid and had them just kind of like the cheerleaders do. I don't really know if they do that anymore. I said that, but, um, but have them build a human pyramid building upon one another. Who would we put on the bottom? We'd put our big beefy guys, right? Because they're the solid foundation. And that's really what, what faith is. Faith in Christ is that solid foundation. Um, it doesn't, it's not going to shake. It's something that we can be confident in. We don't have to worry about it crashing or crumbling. Um, and unlike human weakness over time, it's not going to get tired and wear out. But it, it's something that can be continually built upon. So faith in Christ is the foundation. Faith in Christ gives us a new nature. The old has gone, the new has come. Um, I was saved when I was seven years old. So I didn't have a lot of years that I lived apart from Christ. But at the same time, um, I know that there's a difference. And uh, one of the cool things about a new nature is that we have kind of new direction. We think about things differently. And in Christ, we have a, hopefully, more of a God-minded thinking. Um, We're worried about the things of Christ, and we're concerned with those things as well. And uh, as we continue to submit to the Spirit, that new nature just kind of grows and develops. And the last one, i got to do this. Uh, Faith can be grown. God has given to everyone a measure of faith, but that faith can be grown and developed. And uh, as we grow in Christian practice and experience, our faith can increase. And uh, as we you know, are willing to do some of the hard things of life, it's cool to see that that faith um, can grow as well. All right, so now we're going to talk about qualities worth cultivating. And uh, it starts in verse 5, and we're going to go through verse 7. It says, Now for this very reason also applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence, and your moral excellence knowledge, and in your knowledge self-control, and in your self-control perseverance, and in your perseverance godliness, and your godliness brotherly kindness, and in your brotherly kindness love. So here we have a list of, of several different things that... Faith is the foundation. Faith in Christ is our foundation, and we're supposed to add to. We're supposed to build upon that foundation, knowing that we have everything in Christ. And so uh, the word cultivating, we kind of come from agriculture community, and it's important that we cultivate, um, that we, uh, you know, weed out the weeds, that we get rid of the things that are going to kind of hinder the growth of a crop, that, that we allow them to do the very best, to produce the most that they can do. And so these are things that we want to cultivate in our life and not all those other things. That we want to focus on these and have these be the emphasis 
versus, you know, fulfilling the, the desires that might be in your own heart at times um, that are sinful. So the first one here is goodness or moral excellence or virtue. Um, the other two there, fulfilled purpose equals moral excellence or virtue. And a Christian's purpose is to glorify God. I know that that is, you know, kind of a standard answer, you know, what is a Christian's purpose? Oh, it's to glorify God. Uh, what does that mean? And I really like this because as we think about, we are designed to glorify God. Like, our purpose is to glorify God. Um, and when we actually do that, it's excellence. It's kind of like a, a tool that works the way that it's intended. Uh, I don't know, is anybody ice fish here? Okay, maybe not. Okay, a couple of people. Yeah, Wayne does. <laughs> um, we used to have a hand auger, and it worked really well, but after a while you got tired from drilling too many holes. And then one day we made an adapter to go on a, a power head so you could use a gas engine and drive it through. And it was excellent because it worked so well. Um, just to think about that in the Christian's life is that when we glorify God, God is just like, wow, that is awesome. That's excellent. And uh, to know that when we glorify God, that our purpose is being fulfilled. Um, talking about virtue or, or the, you know, the moral part of it. Um, integrity and character kind of go along with this. Um, I don't know exactly who this story is. I thought it was Evie's grandpa, but I'm not certain. Um, but he was a pastor and he had a secretary. And um, just to stay away from the appearance of evil, and, you know, as he was driving around town, he didn't want um, anybody to think that he was cheating on his wife or something, but his secretary needed a ride somewhere. And it was really hard for him to handle that situation. And so his solution to the problem was he had them ride in the back seat. Um, drove him around town in the back seat, drove her to wherever she needed to go. But he was so concerned with, with um, his testimony for the Lord that, um, you know, God provided a solution to that problem, but he didn't want people to jump to a conclusion um, just for the sake of, of his testimony before the Lord. And I think a lot about that. Is, are there things in our lives that we, you know, say, it's all right, I can handle it. You know, it's not that big of a deal. Um, or do we really care about what the possibilities might be with our actions? Even a well-intentioned idea, if we don't think it through, sometimes the end result uh, can be a bad thing. And so just to make sure that our focus is on Christ. Uh, number two here is knowledge. This is a practical knowledge or discernment. And uh, it comes from a study in obedience to the word. John 17, 17 says that, you know, your uh, word, God's word, is truth. Kind of going back to those first couple of verses that we read in chapter 1, verses 20 and 21, just to think about God's word is truth. His word is truth, and we can rely on it, and we can depend on it. That we can build our faith on it, and we can trust it. Uh, we can read his word, and as it convicts us through the power of the Holy Spirit, that we can be called to action, we can change, and we can do something about it. Um, I want godly discernment, and uh, we get that from His Word. 
a lot of times uh, we are faced with the, the society says this, but God's word says this. We live in a world where society really dictates what's right and wrong. And uh, as followers of Christ, do we have a high value on what God's word says versus right and wrong or what society says? And unfortunately, it seems like society wins out a lot more than God's word. Um, but this is a call to action for us is to, you know, in uh, our purpose of glorifying God is to add to that um, this knowledge, the study of the word, and to grow in his word as well. The next two we're going to look at together, um, self-control and perseverance. In self-control, another word that you could use is discipline. Now, how many, how many of you have ever been disciplined? I had a lot. Um, discipline, though, here is not necessarily like a punishment type of thing. It's more of a practice. Is that like an athlete has to be very disciplined um, if they're going to compete to win a prize. They have to be disciplined in the preparations to go out and to work hard at it. Uh, for me, you know, I want to lose a little bit of weight. And I get on kind of these ideas where I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh, I could stand to lose a few pounds. Um, maybe you guys can relate. I don't know. But as I sit, you know, in a chair or at school and on my drive to school and I'm chowing down on Doritos or Cheetos and, you know, a big bottle of Mountain Dew, I'm not really disciplining myself to attain that goal. Um, at the end of the week, you know, I look in the mirror and I'm like, Wow this workout program's not really working. Uh, and I wouldn't expect it to. Um, but it's doing hard things, and it's taking, you know, the steps to be disciplined um, to do things that are right. The other is self-control in the sense of, are you slow to anger? Proverbs uh, talks about this several different places, but just a couple verses. Proverbs 16.32 says, He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit, then he who captures a city. Proverbs twenty five twenty eight says, Like a city that is broken into and without walls is a man who has no control over his spirit. Um, just to be honest with you guys, not that I've been lying the whole time. Um, <laughs> sounds terrible. Um, I'm quick-tempered. And there's things that set me off, and, and in my anger... I sin. Um, I'm not proud of that, but I just, as I was preparing this and, and praying through this stuff, you know, there's a lot of conviction that takes place in my own life. Uh, just the other day, I got home. I was wrestling with my kids. I have a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and almost a year-old. I wasn't wrestling with her. Um, but my son and my daughter, we were wrestling around on the floor and, and you know, acting like I'm throwing them and different things, and it starts to get a little bit rough. And my daughter got kicked in the face by her brother accidentally. And immediately, she throws him on his back, swings her leg over, and heel kicks him right in the face. As I saw that develop, I couldn't stop it. I saw it happen, and it immediately made me mad. And, and I got angry about it because it's like, didn't I raise you better than that? I didn't say that, but I thought it. Um, and part of my anger was because didn't I raise you better than that? Here's some of my failure. And so I, I 
scolded her and sent her to her room, and I went in and I spanked her. But it was all out of anger. And it wasn't that I was trying to make her a better person. I wasn't trying to develop her. I wasn't trying to grow her in Christ. Instead, I was just trying to put my foot down as a parent. And I had no good intentions about it other than the discipline and the punishment of it. And I was in the wrong. Because then I asked her, you know, why'd you do that? She's like, I didn't mean to. It was an accident. It was the most amazing accident I've ever seen. Um, but instead of, instead of pulling out of her good, good qualities and things that we want to develop in her, instead I turned her completely opposite, and she felt the need to lie then, and go beyond that. And uh, I was praying about that, thinking about that a lot, and it really was heavy on my heart. And then to go through and to just read things like that, especially Proverbs twenty five twenty eight, is a man who has no control over his spirit. Um, God really needs to work in that area in my life. Perseverance. This is patience. It's enduring when circumstances are difficult. And a kind of distinction between the two here is patience is shown with the pressures of life. Self-control is shown with the pleasures of life. And, uh, you know, there's a lot that we face every day. And uh, perseverance is to just keep going strong, to keep at it. Um, Because we're followers of Christ, because we have placed our faith in Christ, we're supposed to expect trials and tribulations. And, uh, you know, maybe that's a gauge for whether you're walking with the Lord or not. I don't know. But... Um, we are faced with all sorts of struggles, whether it be financial, where the bills might not be able to be paid, or if it's marriage, or if it's your families are broken, or if it's you know death, um, persecution, co-workers. There's all these different pressures that Satan's using that he wants us to fail, that he wants us to cave. Um, but yet we can persevere, and we can grow through those difficult circumstances. The first service, I showed a video. It's kind of a serious video, so we're going to wait till the end. But when we show it, just kind of remember uh, these things that we're talking talking about. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 8 says, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect results, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But he must ask in faith without any doubting. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driving and tossed by the wind. For that man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Um, You know, as we face trials, we can rely on God. We can go to him with our struggle. We can go to him with our persecution. And uh, he is going to meet us where we're at. Godliness. I, I like the uh, second word here, God-likeness. Um, in the Greek, it means to worship well. And uh, to worship well, we must be right with God and right with man. I know that we come to worship God and and we even call this a worship service, and that's part of it. But when we leave this place, are we continuing in that worship? 
Are we continuing to worship God? And uh, even maybe this morning as we come and we sing praises to God and, and we say, you know, God, you are my all in all. You're everything to me. You know, I long for you. But maybe we have issues with somebody that's not here or maybe somebody that is here. And we come to him and we say, God, I want to give you everything. Except I'm going to handle that situation on my own because they hurt me and it's just right that I do that. It really holds us back from truly worshiping God when we have fault or problems or issues with other people that we don't deal with. And I know it's hard, and I know that those situations are um, there. But to be a true follower of Christ, to take His Word, to be a student of the Word, and to have Him uh, be growing us and working us through that, is that He is faithful to help us through those hard things. Even if it's to take you know a big slice of humble pie and go and make things right with somebody who has deeply hurt you. Um, It opens us up to just amazing worship, and it helps conform us to the image of Christ. Number six, brotherly kindness, or brotherly love. In the Greek, it's Philadelphia. We also have this city of love, of brotherly love, sorry. Um, And then... The second part there is true love for our brothers is shown when we love God and observe his commands. Um, This really has the idea of, you know, dying to self, is to look to other people's needs and to be willing to reach out to them and to meet those needs. Um, We usually do a pretty good job of taking care of our own needs, Um, But there's so often that we look around, we see somebody that's maybe struggling or hurting. um, And this is that brotherly love to say, I see that need and I want to help it. And to show compassion to others. To love others as ourselves and to do to them as you would want them to do back. But not with that expectation. Number seven, love. Two clicks. Christ-like love. In the Greek, this is agape, love that Christ showed laying his life down on the cross. Brotherly love concerns a person's needs. Agape love desires the highest good for others. In uh, Romans 5.8, there it says, But God demonstrates his own love toward us, and that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. And just to think about what Christ did for us, that while we were still wronging God, while there were people that were rejecting Christ, who were basically persecuting him, um, even the ones who nailed his hands and feet to the cross, he willingly laid his life down for them. He willingly laid his life down for you and I so that we can experience uh, just the greatest love of all, and that's hope in Christ. Agape love is unconditional. Um, I think that's so awesome. It's just to think about how this love is not based on anything about me other than that God loves me. And, uh, you know, this is something that we can only do through the power of God because he's done it for us. Some of you might be familiar with the the pastor who has been over in Iran. He just, I think it was January 27th, got um, thrown into prison in Iran uh, for eight years. Uh, I believe he was over there trying to start um, orphanages. And and during the process of that, he was preaching God's word. 
and they didn't like that. He was arrested. Um, and anyway, he's been sentenced to eight years in prison. And it's not a comfortable prison. But he wrote a letter. He sent it uh, to his wife and, and others. Um, it's been shared. Maybe you've heard it on the radio. Maybe you've heard it on the news. But there's kind of a petition going around trying to get people to sign and support, um, trying to get the release of this pastor. But we're just going to show a video of that letter, and, and I think you'll hear some kind of the common things that we're talking about. February 18th, 2013. Writing from my heart. My dear friends, the conditions here get so very difficult that my eyes get blurry, my body does not have the strength to walk, and my steps become very weak and shaky. Various bullying groups, the psychological warfare, almost a year of not seeing my family, physical violence, actions committed to humiliate me, insults, being mocked, being confronted with extremists in the prison who create another prison within the prison walls, and the death threats. It is interesting that because I am a Christian pastor, I am carefully watched. I am expected to smile at them despite what is being done and to understand why they are doing all of these things. But, of course, I can clearly see what is going on and because I want to serve God, I see all of these difficulties as golden opportunities and great doors to serve. There are empty containers who are thirsty for a taste of the living water and we can quench their thirst by giving them Jesus Christ. Maybe you are also in such a situation, so pray and seek God that he would use you and direct you in the pressures and difficulties of your lives. There are those who are enemies of the living Bible and do not want to hear. They are trying to put me under such horrific pressures that are sometimes unbearable, so that they can show me that my faith is empty and not real. And after all of these pressures, after all of the nails they have pressed against my hands and feet, they are only waiting for one thing, for me to deny Christ. But they will never get this from me. This is why the Bible is truth, and they are in the way of destruction. There is another group who does not know the gospel of truth. Instead of truly listening and meditating on God's word, they are just waiting to see how I react to all of their pressures and persecution, what will come out of me during these intense times. But again, this is another golden opportunity for me to shine the light of Christ in this dark world and to let God use me. Yesterday when I was singing worship songs, the head of my cell room attacked me in order to stop me from praising, but in response I hugged him and showed him love. He was shocked. It is during these harsh conditions that I deeply need God's saving grace so that I can be the fragrant scent of Christ in the dark house of Evan Prison. I have often seen the shining morning star in the darkness of this prison, and I have seen his amazing and supernatural works. Oh, how beautiful is seeing the light of the shining morning star of Christ in such evil darkness. So, see your golden opportunities and pressures and difficulties. See the shining morning star in the dark times of your life. I love him. He is gracious, merciful, and righteous to me. I now know that I have not been forgotten and that we are together in this path. God gives me grace. This is my message for the church. Stay strong for his glory. He will come back soon. Be with God and give your best efforts for his kingdom. Pastor Saeed, servant of Jesus Christ in chains for endurance of the gospel. I love you all. pretty heavy. That's today. That's the world in which we live. And, uh, you know, I just, I love that testimony because as I was going through this and I heard that, it's like, this is what we're talking about. It's, uh, it's 
living this out. It's putting it into practice. And I love how his focus was not on himself, but it was on those around him and their need for Jesus. We see some some spiritual growth from that. And uh, on your handout there, we have just kind of a, a short test to see if the things that we're trying to add to our faith or to grow in, if they're actually effective. Starting in verse 8, it says, For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the first one is their fruit. Is there fruit being produced in your life? Like I said before, this is not a test that we hold others up to. This is a self-evaluation between you and God. And just to go before Him in openness and saying, God, this is who I am. Uh, Show me. Teach me. Let me know. And I think that we are, are great at being critical of ourselves, but being able to identify if we're really producing uh, spiritual fruit. Uh, Christian character is evidence. This is one of the things that we can look for. And be there, it says, fruitfulness is a result of faithfulness. And effectiveness is a result of growth in Christian experience. And I just love to think about how, um, you know, as we're growing in our faith in Christ, is that we are more effective as we grow in that. And, uh, you know, I know that Pastor Saeed, he's in a, a really rough spot. But the petition that's been signed has been signed by over 300 and some thousand people. And I just think about what an impact that he has had and God has put him in the place and he is being faithful to that. I think that's pretty cool. Um, the next one is, can you see? Verse 9 says, For he who lacks these qualities is blind or short-sighted, having forgotten his purification from his former sins. Um, Are we short-sighted? Are you confident in your comfort? You know, a lot of times the Christian faith, we're comfortable with what we have around us, the here and the now, just kind of the short uh, term. You know, we're comfortable in our church. We're comfortable with the friends that we have. But we're never looking and growing, looking outside of those friendships and those relationships to say that people need Jesus. Am I looking for an opportunity to share Christ with those around me, with others? And, uh, you know, if our vision is beyond just being short-sighted and, and it's looking out, um, I think that we can see the evidence of growth in our life. Um, and, and the confident in our comfort, you know, um, we have a lot of things. We have a lot of um, nice things here. And a lot of times we can get very comfortable in that. Um, but are we, you know, still going to have the same faith if God was to take something away and put us in a situation that maybe we didn't have those comforts? Verses 10 and 11 says, Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. For as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. For in this way, the entrance into the, <laughs> into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be abundantly supplied to you. Are you secure? Um, A growing Christian walks in confidence because of his security in Christ. And faith will increase. As we grow in the knowledge of God, as we grow um, in these different 
you know, seven different things, as we add those to our faith, as God continues to work in us, um, our security, we can be more confident in that as we come to know um, more about Christ. So the last um, three verses here, or four verses, talk about just Peter's kind of uh, challenge to, to his readers. He says, Therefore I shall always be ready to remind you of these things, even though you always know them and have been established in the truth which is present with you. And I consider it right as long as I am this earthly dwelling to stir you up by way of reminder, knowing that the laying aside of my earthly dwelling is imminent, as also our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me, And I will also be diligent that at any time after my departure, you may be able to call these things to mind. Um, I can just see Peter, you know, being kind of an older guy, um, encouraging those that he's worked with. Just constantly reminding them, saying, I don't want to be a nuisance, but just remember, keep your focus. Um, You know, we get to look forward to an eternity with Christ, but while you're here, you have a mission to go and proclaim and to share with others the good news of Jesus Christ. Um, Pastor Saeed, I think, gives a great challenge at the end of his letter just about those things, to look forward uh, to Christ coming to take us home um, and to to make every effort that nobody that is around us um, will not have the opportunity to hear the gospel. So just by way of application, oh yeah, I've got one more little slide here. Did this first service as well. Uh, we, we can kind of practically encourage one another in these things. You know, we can be an encouragement to our brothers and sisters in Christ. Pray for one another. Here's a huge one that sometimes we neglect, is that there is power in prayer. And it, I, I'll be honest, it's sometimes very hard. Even as I was preparing uh, for this, this message this morning, There were times where I would physically just have to go to uh, another room or another place just to get the distraction away because it was so easy for my mind to wander or think about other things or a noise, I'd hear something and, and, uh, you know, my focus was lost. But does that keep us from praying? Um, Do we see the value of prayer? Be accountable to a brother or sister in Christ and uh, have an accountability partner that is actually willing to call you out, but do it in love. Um, Sometimes we have accountability partners that they'll see you do something, but they're like, I don't want to cause any problems. That's not really a very good accountability partner. It's not going to accomplish a lot. Uh, But to do it in the love of Christ. Take practical steps. Um, If I'm going to lose weight, I don't want to just say I'm going to work out for nine hours a day and not eat anything. That's not practical. I'd probably die. Um, three hours I'd probably die. But, you know, we have to be practical about what we do and things that are attainable. And the cool thing about this pyramid is that as we work on one area, it's so cool how all these other things, God develops and he grows in us. And so, and so it's not like, oh, I've got this one accomplished. Now I can move on to the next one. It's like, wow, God is working through that and he's building this pyramid in my life of things on his foundation. So practical steps to accomplish that. Maybe it's opening your Bible and reading it. Maybe it's just starting to take the time to study his word on your own. Um, Relying on the Holy Spirit. And that starts with the confession of sin. 
is to go before God and to uh, just make that an open relationship, to acknowledge our sin, to confess it, and then to allow the Holy Spirit to lead in our life, to keep focused on the promises of God and to look forward to our future home and glory. So by way of application, not that those weren't application things, but the first is, is Christ the foundation of your life? And just some questions to think about. Are you building on a trustworthy foundation? Or is your faith in something else? And do you trust Him? Um, when we go through the, the spiritual growth test or quiz, are there areas that might need some attention? Are there things that God has pointed out, that God has laid on our heart, that He would like to see change? Are we willing to do that? Are we willing to change? Um, and that's the last one there as well. Uh, I just think that it's it's so cool, even in my own life, to see God take a situation and just do way more than I could have ever imagined. Um, and to just to know that He is faithful and that we can trust Him. And I just want to encourage you. I hope that, you know, as we go through a, a passage like this, that it's not just that, oh, I don't think anybody's doing this, but just to be like Peter and just a reminder is like, we need to focus on these things. We need to come alongside one another and encourage each other uh, in these things, that we can be growing together um, and to see uh, the body of Christ to expand um, and be be seeking his face. So let's pray, and uh, we'll have a closing song. So, Father God, I thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for your love and your grace, for, the, for your goodness. Lord, I thank you that uh, we can come here freely to worship you, freely to study your word, freely to proclaim your word. And Lord, we know that that's not the case everywhere. Lord God, I pray that you would call us to challenge us. Lord, that you would prompt us and push us to do things that maybe we have a hard time doing. And Lord, that we wouldn't be dependent on ourselves, that we wouldn't be dependent on our own uh, power or, or control, but Lord, that we would give it to you and say, God, here I am. Use me. So Lord, I pray that if there's anybody here today who doesn't really know what it means to place their faith in you, Lord, that they would, would talk with somebody, that they would ask more questions. But, Lord, that they would go to you and just seek your face. And, Lord, I thank you that you are faithful, that you meet us where we're at. Lord, that you are loving us unconditionally. And, Lord, that we don't have to work our way back to you, but you are there, uh, Lord, to meet our needs. I thank you that you are mighty and powerful, and I uh, thank you for this day. And, Lord, I, I also pray for Pastor Dan. Lord, that you would just be with him and his travels and, and even his, his readjustment uh, back to the States with times and, and uh, Lord, also just everything that you've taught him. So we just thank you for the gift that he is to our body. And uh, Lord, we just uh, thank you again for this time. In Jesus' name, amen.